0: and thanks for listening to awa i'm your host richard and today i'm with suprena who is a tv and online presenter she's currently one of the presenters on unmuted which is a sky arts music and culture show her tv debut was in december 2020 where she became the first nepali presenter on british mainstream tv incredible accomplishment there suprena and thank you so much for joining me today
1: Thank you so I love
0: that intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, you know, the introduction is basically what you have achieved. And, you know, I'm so proud of everything that you've achieved. And I'm sure loads of other Nepali people are as well, because I remember seeing so many people sharing the picture you took in front of the TV. Right. I think it was like last year in December. Um, wow. So how were you kind of feeling when you got to see yourself on TV? What thoughts are running in your mind?
1: Um, it's so weird because the journey going up to being on tv was it it was a long period of time because of covid so I knew I was going to be on tv a year before it happened so because I knew a year before and obviously because of covid and everything I was like Oh, is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? Like, I feel like I've been kind of given false hope. Like, this, this was my time to be on TV. So, as soon as it did happen, it was oh my god! It was such a surreal feeling. I think when I first watched it though, it didn't sink in. Like, mm-hmm. I felt as if you know sometimes how you can like shoot um, a YouTube video and you can kind of you could put it on your TV anyways. So you're kind of already watching yourself on TV. Right. Like, even if it's a small YouTube video. But, so I just felt as if, oh, I was just watching a video of myself on TV. I didn't actually think, like, I'm on at TV, TV.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was only until, like, um I, like, I was proper watching it, and then my mum was crying when she was watching Aww. it. And I was,
0: like,
1: looking over to my mum, and I was thinking, like, oh, my God, like, she's proper, <laughs> she was proper crying. Mm. So um, I think that's when it properly synced in, like, wow, I've, I'm actually on TV and I'm watching myself. And also when I saw my name, I think mm-hmm. that was another thing because I wasn't expecting um, my name to shock me. Because obviously I see I see my name every all time, right, right. right? But when I saw Suprina Tapa on TV, I just thought like, oh my god, like that's that's me. Mm-hmm. And not only is that me, like that's my surname, that's my Nepali surname. Yeah tv and that I think was just how I felt those
0: are the type of emotions I was getting oh, I love like how you talk about your mom crying and I can imagine her being so proud you know seeing you there on tv like not just representing your family but like the whole of Nepal in a sense right so you've you know what you've done is amazing um and I was gonna say actually like you know with the, in all of Nepali people being behind you and you know sharing your like post how did you feel about that did you feel like other people would care or you know did you have any pre-thoughts before it was released
1: um honestly I did not think anybody would see my post right. like, I thought because with me and even right now I don't have that many Instagram followers so I kind of just posted it more for my family and my friends mm. like to see it and, and to support me and to be like oh this is what I've accomplished and obviously with my friends and family I've told them Like throughout my whole life, that I want to be on TV. Like I kept saying, I want to be on TV. Whatever it is, I just want to be on TV. At that time, like when I was young, I didn't know it was a presenter. I thought it was an actress. But um, as I grew older, then I was like, okay, I want to be a presenter. I want to be on TV. So it was more for my friends and family to see and be like, oh, like it's finally happening.
0: Yeah.
1: So when I started seeing people sharing it, people liking it, people that I don't know. I was like, how, like, how is this happening? Mm And how are people, like, knowing about it and seeing it? Um, And then um, I think what really made it, like, go pop up is Lex Limbu um, put it on his story on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how did he even, how, like, in that moment, I was thinking, how did this just happen? I don't understand but obviously I'm so thankful. I'm I can't express like how thankful I am and grateful I am for like all the Nepali people that are supporting me, mm-hmm. especially because they don't even know me, like and to just support that and um and like another thing as well, like growing up, I'm British Nepali, like I was born here and so was right. my mom, and so was all my mamas. Um it's my grandparents who came to this country right. in the seventies so growing up i've ne- I, I actually don't have one nepali friend like oh, i never
0: really
1: oh, my, God. my cousins and my family and it's funny because when i went to uni i went to the university of kent and i thought oh let me join the nepali society let me like try to make friends now with nepali people but and it, it's not their fault like obviously but when i joined i just felt really left out because I I actually can't speak Nepali. Oh,
0: right. Wow. Okay, I did not know this.
1: exposing myself right now. I can understand it 100%. I understand everything, but I cannot speak it because I don't know what it is. I think, um, like, when I went back to Nepal, by the way, I go to Nepal every two years. Mm I go all the time. But when I speak it, I think because when I was young, I got made fun of because of my British accent like speaking it I think
0: it's really like stopped me from learning which is oh no I wish I wish that didn't happen honestly that's quite heartbreaking but you know what that it's funny you said you went to University of Kenya because that's where I went (laughs) but I yeah but um I think I was like I must have already graduated by the time you came in so it is a lovely it's a lovely university um Yeah. yeah so obviously you talk about the fact that you've always wanted to kind of be on tv even if it wasn't originally in the form of a presenter so like I just wanted to ask you where and how did this journey kind of start for you and when was the moment like you knew like you said you always knew but how and you know why did it kind of why did you want to get into the media field um
1: okay so when oh my god it probably starts from when I'm a kid like I'm a baby but Um, I was always very good at dancing, like I was just really, really good at dancing, really good at entertaining and also in my family, I'm the oldest daughter, the oldest granddaughter Mm -hmm. and the oldest niece, so I was the first child in the family, so I got a lot of attention already because I was the only child. Right. Think I would do already. um Everybody would just love because I was the only kid, and it was kind of like a sense of like refresh, like just because I was a child. So even like if I danced or anything, there would always be videos of me, and and loads of people, like loads of my family members, always always supported like what I done. And I just knew, I guess, from a young age, that I wanted to be a creative. And Mm. even my mom would always say that she thought I was going to become a dark dancer. Like that's what she. Out. so yeah um, so and then when I got into secondary school um I realized that I was really sociable like um I spoke to everyone um I obviously had my set group of friends but I was very like all over the place so I was quite sociable and to be fair so is my mom I, right. I definitely get for my mom my mom can speak for days like she's <laughs> extremely sociable <laughs> So actually, so is a lot of my family members. All of my uncles are like that as well. So yeah, and I got more into drama because I wanted, to, I felt as if I wanted to be on TV. I don't know where that came from. I just wanted to be on TV. Mm-hmm. So I went and da- went down the acting route because I I enjoyed drama in secondary school. I did it for GCSE. I did it for A-Level. I really, really enjoyed it. Um until I think I'd done it at a levels, and I realized that I enjoyed playing characters that I felt comfortable in right, so whether that be like um I don't know like a, I don't even know like a girl in school or, it's when it get came to the uncomfortable um acting scenes, and I don't know how to explain those uncomfortable acting scenes. But just where I had to come out of my comfort zone Mm. and do like weird things, because I know actors, like they probably go awful characters. No matter what character they do, they put their all into it, they become the character and they go all out. And I realized that this is just really not for for me. Like I'm just not that type of person. Mm. And I guess that kind of confused me because my whole life I just thought I wanted to be an actress, I wanted to be on Mm. TV. And I was quite social. I just thought that that was my calling. And I actually didn't know about presenting, like, I didn't know if it was a thing. Obviously, you see it on TV, but I actually didn't know like who they are, like mm-hmm. what, what, they, what they do and how they got there. So, it was my um, Santa Mama and my Santa Maiji, so my uncle and my auntie, right. who said to me, Oh, why don't you like go into presenting if, if you want to be on TV and if you kind of want to be yourself? Because I loved like obviously just speaking so they said why do not you go to that? And I was just like, um I was like, I don't even know. Like, like what is that? Like how do I get to it? like what is that? So for my birthday, I can't remember what age I was. I think it was my 17th birthday or my 18th birthday. They got me a virgin media one day experience of being a presenter. Oh nice. Yeah, so it was really, really fun. So it was just it was just one day and I went in, and it was a Sky Sports presenter. Okay. And he was basically teaching you how to become a presenter. <laughs> and um, I was the youngest person there. Everybody was, like, like much, much older than me. So I kind of felt, like, uncomfortable because I was just like, oh, my God, they're all, like, much, much older than me. But when he told me to, like, go in front of the green screen and read the auto cue, I just felt as if, oh, my God, like, this is really fun. Like, I could see myself doing this. And even the Sky Sports presenter, he was like, wow, you have a really, like, natural talent. We're actually really good at this. And I was like, oh my God, if I'm good at this and I enjoy it, then I feel like that's what I'm going to look into more. So I guess, like, that's where my passion started. And yeah, I guess that's where I decided like. That is I, I want to
0: a that's incredible wow I feel like it's almost like all the stars align for you the fact that you know your mama and my Jew got you this gift and it was almost like god was leading you to you know the path that you should be following almost and I can definitely agree. Like, I feel like you're such a natural because hearing you speak and watching you, you have this personality that really goes with being a presenter. I don't know how to explain it, but do you know when you see someone, you're like, oh my God, she's like meant meant to be doing that. Like that's exactly what she's meant to be doing. That, that's how I felt. So yeah, that's incredible. And what I love about uh, your family is that they were very supportive in the sense that they allowed you to kind of go into this media like um, sector because generally I do feel like Um, From a traditional sense, Nepali families are a bit more strict when it comes to, you know, what sort of careers their kids go into, especially the um, first generation so I mean I feel like you're kind of Mm -hmm. setting this scene where you can you know show other people that look it is possible and you can do it um and just because someone hasn't already done it doesn't mean you can't do it and I think yeah like you're kind of like a great entry point for that and you're setting such a great example and I love that and what I also wanted to ask you was I know you said you wanted to be in like media but Um, did you choose to study, like, when you went to university, did you choose to study something, like, similar in terms of media or, like, anything like that? Or what was your course about?
1: Yeah, so that really goes in well to what you were saying about my family because even though they were really, really supportive of me, they were supportive of my media dream, and they wanted me to, like, do what I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. However, my parents did say to me, if this is what I truly want to do... Get a degree fast, right. and honestly, I really did not want to go to university because in my heart I knew I wanted to be a presenter, and even till this day, I sometimes feel as if if I didn't go to uni and I just went straight into presenting, I would be much bigger than I than I am now. I feel right. like I would reached um more of the goals that I have for myself but obviously everything happens for a reason and you know mm-hmm. you can't go back in time and it, it's just the way that my life was supposed to go but I really did not want to go to, to university I just felt as if um To be a presenter, you don't need to go to university. Like, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more so experience. So, when my mom said to me, You have to go uni, like, if you want to be a presenter, I need you to get me a degree first. Then, whatever you do with your life, you can do with your life. But it just brings me comfort. This is my mom. It just brings me comfort that you have a degree to fall back mm-hmm. on. So, um, okay, so I said, okay, like, I'll, I'll do it for my mom. I even have my degree now, and I say, that degree is not even mine, that degree is my mom's degree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't um, obviously, it's an achievement and I'm thankful for it, but still. So, because I felt as if you don't need a degree to get to presenting, I didn't feel there was a need for me to study media. I just didn't think it was a Um, during that time, I didn't think it was a credible degree. Obviously, people that do media as a degree, like, that's totally fine. But just for me, Mm -hmm. I just felt as if I didn't really to graduate in something like media. Um, I could have done journalism. I feel like that would have been a good thing. I think journalism is a really good degree and really beneficial to be a presenter. But um, I wasn't actually that great at English literature or English language. Even though I I did pick it for A-levels, it wasn't my strength. So I just thought journalism and stuff probably wouldn't be for me because it would be more written and I'm like writing wasn't that that great but something I was really really good at in secondary school in A-levels was politics like I was really really good at government and politics and um I was really invested in politics even still now like I love learning about politics and at A-levels I got an A-star in politics so I just thought you know what if I have to do a degree, I'm going to do it in politics because mm-hmm. I might not. So I actually studied politics and social anthropology at wow, uni. right. So, yeah, so social anthropology was more um, basically culture, learning about cultures because I'm really interested in that as well. So joining politics and culture was just a really, really good degree for me. And I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I studied that has nothing to do with what
0: I do now yeah that's so interesting like I love how you studied politics and how like interested you are in it because I feel like that's so refreshing to hear and I feel like every youth should be interested in politics you know it affects us like in our daily lives I think so yeah that's really nice to hear and I love the fact that you did something that's completely different because in a way I feel like yeah sure you can um, be in media but it's also important to have these other like interests at the same time and that's kind of makes you unique in a way Um, so how has that course kind of helped you do what you're doing today has it helped you in any way as well Because I know you've kind of, um, you've done like other um, podcasts and uh, you've had other experiences where you've had to use this into practice, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, so I definitely feel like my degree didn't go to like complete waste like I thought it would. (laughs) So I thought, oh my God, like this degree might just be a waste of time. But yeah, so with politics it actually gave me a deeper understanding of, like, social issues that are going mm. on around the world. And, um, like, most, even though I catch up with the news on my phone and I'm always, like, looking at the media and what's on the news, um, studying politics actually gives me a deeper understanding of, like, the behind the scenes, like, what they advertise and, like, political science as well, like, voting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So because I had that deeper um, understanding... Um, it actually led me to go into do a Vice podcast. So right. I don't know how to explain Vice as a company. I'm sure people might know who like Vice is, but they usually tackle like a lot of social and political issues and they were looking for a host to host one of their podcasts and they were looking for young people to Mm -hmm. host their podcast and i had just graduated and i thought like what am i going to do now um i want to get into presenting but how do i do it so this opportunity came at a perfect time like it honestly after graduating and um getting that role to host the vice podcast was like surreal for me Mm -hmm. and um yeah my politics degree definitely helped because the issues that we spoke about I could bring my politics knowledge into it and be like oh yeah but when I studied this I learned that voting turnout depends on this 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 Mm so it was great to input that but um yeah like going forward I feel like I'm more interested in like music Mm -hmm. like music Mm -hmm. and stuff so, I don't know if I'm really using my politics to read that much, but it's always good to have, like, just, you know, and like yeah. you said, like, politics is really, really important, and I feel like everybody should
0: learn it at some point in their life anyways yeah definitely um I just want to ask you then obviously so far like you've interviewed quite a few people can you like just give examples of like the best ones or the most interesting ones um and how do you normally feel when you're interviewing others like I mean I'm interviewing you right now and (laughs) I mean I guess you kind of know how it feels to be in my kind of position right Mm. um
1: for me it's it's so strange because um, people always say, like, when you interview people that are in the public eye or people that are like famous, famous, like, do you get nervous mm. or do you like, um, feel like, oh my God, like, you're going to stumble on your questions? It's weird because I don't get nervous, like, to interview celebrities. And I think that's a really good thing for me to have as a presenter because obviously, to like speak to people, being nervous, like, people can sense when you're nervous. Yeah. So it's just not like a, like a good thing. But um, obviously, beforehand, I might be nervous. I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm interviewing this person. But honestly, when you meet a person, you realise that they're just a, pa- they're just a person. Mm-hmm. Like, they're literally just another human being. And you forget about everything that's kind of attached to them. Well, for me, like I just forget about everything that's attached to them. Yeah. And usually before interviews, obviously, I know the questions. I know what I want to ask. I know what I want to say. And I just imagine speaking to the person, like I'm speaking to a friend, like I'm speaking or trying to find someone like I've already spoken to. Yeah, so interviewing people, I just feel as if um, I'm speaking to my friend. So one of like my, so I've interviewed people like, so in the politics side, I've interviewed Sadiq Khan. I've interviewed um, someone called Chucky, Chucky Online, Mm -hmm. he does podcasts online. Um, I've interviewed a lot of vice journalists, obviously for the Vice podcast. It's so because I've interviewed other people, but I can't actually say who they are because it hasn't
0: released yet. All right. Oh, okay.
1: But, um, obviously, I've interviewed Big Zoo as well for Sky, but one of my favorite interviews is actually an interview that hasn't been released yet, but it will come soon in a few months. It was it was to do with Sky, and it, I just really really liked that interview because um, he's a painter, like a, a really really good painter, and. It was, like, a seven-hour, eight-hour interview. Oh, my God. And, I've never, like, yeah, I've never had to speak to someone for that long. <laughs> and it's because he was painting me. So whilst I was sitting down, he was painting wow. me whilst I was in the interview. So it was, I definitely enjoyed that one because it was a unique experience. Like, yeah. I, never thought, um, I never thought I would be in that position where someone would be painting me Now, so yeah I know it was really fun I feel like that was my favorite one because it was different and luckily like he was really outgoing as well wow. so the conversation always flowed like it, it never felt awkward like we really got along and the end result it was really the painting was so amazing was so, it
0: so I was gonna say yeah imagine being with someone for seven hours and they like you can't really conversate with them that would be kind of tough right no, <laughs> and- but
1: that was definitely my favorite one and um
0: yeah i'm gonna yeah
1: i was gonna say another favorite one that i did was actually my family member i interviewed my brother
0: oh wow okay
1: and, um my brother is literally he's seven years at that time he was seven years old oh. but it was because i was doing um a an event and my family came to the event so i was literally like interviewing him at oh, the event that's I so cute. so that was another one of my favorite ones because
0: it was my brother that's lovely um so i want to kind of progress on to the Instagram thing that you do which is the Nepali series that you have the Nepali inspirations um, series and you talk about a lot of other you know Nepali um, creatives right and I love that you're doing that because you're using the platform you have to showcase uh, what other you know great uh, Nepali people there are who are doing a variety of different things I mean what kind of uh, gave you the idea to do that and what's the reason behind it?
1: Um, Okay so yeah so Nepali Inspirations is an IGTV series that I have on my Instagram and it's all about inspiring Nepali people that have done amazing things and that inspire me personally and the reason why I wanted to create the series is because Firstly, I believe that Nepali people are not, the thing is I say we're not represented enough, but I can nearly probably say we're not represented at all, like I feel mm. like I can say to that extent because it's probably once or twice, so it might as well be nothing because we're hardly, hardly ever represented mm-hmm. and um Growing up like like I said in the beginning I'm British Nepali and so is my family so I didn't have a lot of connections to Nepali people and like who they are and especially people who are older than me and a lot of my inspirations were people from the UK like or even people from America so like singers rappers like I, I really enjoyed music so I usually looked up to a lot of musicians and even though I'm not a musician myself they were a creative in the industry and they were ethnic minorities so I just kind of went towards that but I felt as if um there wasn't really any net like Netflix representation in my eyes so I thought like obviously it was during lockdown as well the first lockdown I thought that I would want to learn more about inspiring people in my community and once I do that why won't I make a series out of it so not only I can learn but I can also help other people as well so other people like uh, and not even just other nepali people like other like non- nepali people mm. who don't know about us at all yeah and the people that i found like my first episode was obviously the girl because like i i know about the workers already and i'm sure a lot of people in the uk know about them because of
0: how much mm. they've
1: done actually sometimes i feel like they forget how much mm. we've done mm. that
0: that that's treat.
1: true yeah they're treated now but Obviously, that's um, my first episode. And then I did Pobal Gurun. who's probably, like, the most famous Nepali person uh-huh. out there. Like, internationally, I feel yeah. like he's the most famous. And um, I did Pushpa Basi, Alirada Kaurwala. So finding all these people just made me feel... It just made me feel good. Like, it made me feel like there are Nepali people out there who are doing such amazing things. And the fact that I can make this series and teach other people about it as well um it was just like a
0: win-win situation for me I love that and I think I read somewhere or something where you mentioned this might be on Lex Limba's blog where you said you felt like you weren't doing enough to kind of give back right um so I feel like what you're doing is great and you know you can only use the platform you have in whatever way it may be however small it may be you know being able to do something to give back is an amazing thing. And I feel like what you're doing is great. So yeah, just wanted to share that. (laughs) Um, so, you know, in terms of, um, representation, obviously the lack of representation we have, um, have you personally, um, looked up to anyone, like any specific Nepali, um, role models that you had growing up? Um, did you have any?
1: Um, no, I didn't have, I didn't have any, the only I would say Nepali role models that I had was my family members, mm. um, and I feel like they were the only prob- like probably proper role models I had, anyways. Just because um, they've always like motivated me in mm. whatever I do, like, whatever I do. And obviously, my granddad like he came here in the seventies with my grandma's brothers, and they came to open up one of the first nepali restaurants right. in okay yeah so it was like a group of them that came all at once to open up the first few nepali restaurants and to me like that was really inspiring because if he hadn't done that i probably wouldn't be in mm. this country and like, be in this country today and that is just inspiring and it, i feel like that motivates me to want to do to want to wanna be big to want to yeah. like um, progress and give back to my family because They've already done so much that, of course, like, I would I would want to give back to that. But other people, I don't really, I didn't really have any role models to look up to. The only proper role models I looked up to, like I said in the beginning, were musicians who I felt kind of looked like me, but mm. obviously someone that, I liked, so someone that I loved growing up. I don't know if you know, she's um, an R&B singer called Cassie she's um me and you
0: cassie oh my god i love her yes
1: so i actually am still a really really big fan of her and the reason why i'm such a big fan of her even though she doesn't have that many songs she even though she was big but she wasn't really really big big like beyonce or rihanna Mm. but the reason why i looked up to her so much she's she's half filipino and half Mm -hmm. black i can't remember specifically what country from but to me like growing up i just saw her as an asian girl like yeah it's like making it big and doing what I love, as in the times she was making music that I love because I love R and B music. So she made music that I love. She was being a creative, and I actually looked up to her, which is so strange. Like when I say that to people, they find like, oh, like you looked up to her. Like she's so random to look up to, but. I don't know at that age and when i was listening to music and i saw her music videos i just felt as if like she really motivated me which mm. is big really but obviously she's not nepali at all but she was asian so yeah.
0: i just yeah. i love the power that yeah like how representation can matter so much like someone who looks like you or you feel like you can relate to can make such a big difference for sure and i feel mm-hmm. like you're doing the same for other people so um mm-hmm. moving on like Obviously, um, I feel like, especially in the industry that you're in, rejection just comes, like, re- regardless of who you are, right? So have you faced rejections, like, so far in your, like, career at the moment or has is that too early to say at the moment? And, you know, what advice would you give to people who are trying to be a presenter or someone in the media but they kind of are facing rejections along the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I've definitely faced rejections and even though... And like I, like you said, it's early on in my career, and like this is just like my beginning. Yeah. I still still have some. I even still obviously get rejected to this day, like things that I want to do. And for me, I I don't know. I probably have to give thanks to my mom for this mentality. Is the fact that even if someone says no, I don't I don't really let it affect me. Like I'm just like okay, cool. Yeah. On to next thing because I am so sure. And I believe in God as well. So I'm just so sure that whatever is for me will always be for me. And if even if someone says no, even if that opportunity was for me, it just wasn't for this time. It just Mm. wasn't for this time. It will happen maybe in a year or maybe two years. But I honestly don't take it to heart that much because I feel like if I pray and pray and pray, the opportunities that are supposed to be in my life and... whatever is supposed to happen to me right now will happen to me and God will put me in that direction so that's where I'm like mostly relying on and obviously for the people like that don't believe in God and just I just feel like you should believe in your path and your purpose and believe whatever you're, you're supposed to do because obviously rejection is not easy like it can make you feel sad it can make you feel like you're not good at what you do like what did I do wrong am I not good enough and and make you feel all these thoughts, but um, I would just say keep pushing and also just feel as if that it just wasn't meant for you right now. That opportunity just wasn't meant for you right now. And even if someone else gets it, it's not because they're better than you or they were way, they could do things better than you. Maybe because at that time they needed someone that had maybe this extra experience or they were looking for that certain personality, but doesn't mean that your personality doesn't fit in for something else. Mm-hmm. And I think you should always, always be yourself. Like, don't be someone else to fit into something else. Because, like, for example, when I started presenting, I thought... And there were some managers as well who was pushing me to do, like, news reporting. And they were like, oh, why do you do news reporting? Why don't you go into, like... That sort of area because I liked politics so I think they automatically felt as if if you like politics you could do news reporting which is obvious but when I done it I actually done it and I felt as if this is just not for me like the way that news reporters speak I cannot speak in that way and I knew in myself I'm not good I'm not good at this but during that time, I still done it because people kept telling me to do it. Like people was like, oh yes, girl, you love politics. It's just perfect for you. Even though I knew like I wasn't good. And then obviously I was applying to news reporting roles and I just kept on getting rejected and rejected and rejected. And then I, I just felt like, oh my God, it's because I'm pretending to be something. I'm not like, that's just not me. And then it was only when I started going into presenting that I love. So for example, music presenting, um, online social entertainment, And me being myself, that's when people are like, oh, yeah, we love your personality, we like you, what we want want you for you. But that's because that's what I was good at. Mm -hmm. And I think you should always be self-aware at what you're good at. And then if you know that you're good at this and know your strengths and know your weaknesses, I think knowing your weaknesses is is just as important because then you'll put yourself in the right opportunities. And yeah, with rejection as well, even if, again, if someone says no, I have this mentality and I have this saying with like everything in my life is that there's always a way. Like, there's always a way, even if someone says no, there's always a way to do something else. Like, for example, if I applied to BBC and I don't get it, but then, for example, I did my Nepali inspirations, I didn't expect it to get that big, and then and a BBC journalist Asked me to be on their radio show to speak about Nepali creatives, wow, so I got me right. on BBC. But in a way that I never thought I would be on BBC. I thought I I should go and maybe get experience or do something. But it was me doing my own thing, and they came to me. So it it's weird. Like you never know how it's gonna turn out. But that's because me doing that interview on BBC was meant to happen. Like mm-hmm. I was meant to speak about Nepali inspiration. That was my purpose for that. Whereas maybe if I had done it when I started, I wouldn't have known what I was gonna speak about. I probably would have spoken about something, probably nothing to do with Nepali people. So I definitely feel like there's always a way to get somewhere where you wanna get, but yeah, just don't give up. I know everybody says, I don't wanna say don't give up because I know everybody says don't give up. But the only way your dreams won't come to you is if you stop when you fail and that's mm-hmm. facts. But if you keep trying, you just never, never know. So I would say, I don't know if that's good advice.
0: No, that's really great advice. I suppose it's like um, they say, you know, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And so you should just keep going, really. And I love the fact that you said you should be authentic because I feel like ultimately there is room for everyone. And I feel like especially when it's a competitive like industry, like media industry, people almost feel like oh like this is my space like if she's in it I won't be in it but actually there's space for everyone just it's just it just means that you have to kind of be your true self and you'll find that space open up for you right so I love what you've said I love the advice that you give and I love the drive that you have um and you know I I hope like the listeners and I know that that the listeners will really I think take something from that because I obviously have as well um I literally like you know like I'm so inspired (laughs) by just listening to you talk right now um I just have a few more questions and that's just related to like for instance now that you know you are growing um and people are knowing you do you then almost feel this pressure like when especially when it comes around social media of who you should be what you should be putting out like how are you handling that oh
1: that's a very interesting question that's a really interesting question for me, um, obviously, like I said in the beginning as well, I don't really have that many Instagram followers, but I do still have enough for people to send me hate, which is right. very, very crazy to me. That's,
0: yeah, that's crazy. because
1: yeah, when I tell people that I receive hate on Instagram, they're just like, oh, my God, like, how? Like how's mm. Obviously, you don't see in the comments, but I get requested messages And it will be people from private accounts. Mm. So it's someone I know, or someone that has just seen my work, and and will send me hate, which is just really weird to me.
0: Yeah,
1: and it will be. Um, it would be about me speaking about Nepali people, like, being like, why are you are you doing this? You can't even... I got so much hate when I did the my first Nepali inspirations because, like I said, it's so weird. It took me back to when I was a kid where people used to make fun mm. of me. I couldn't speak Nepali properly, but I didn't say girl cause properly because I say it with my accent. Like, I don't know how to say it the typical way. Right. So it was, like, sending me hate, like can't even say the word properly, why are you doing it for, like, you can't speak the language or, or say um, how it's supposed to be pronounced, in like, how Nepali people say it, and you want to speak about it, like, who are you kind of thing, which which is fine, like, I completely understand, like, I never really claim to be, like, a proper typical, like, Nepali who could probably speak typical Nepali, but I just find it... Um, i'm I'm slowly trying to learn obviously this is just my beginning stage but i'm slowly just trying to learn to not take it to heart and to just know that however i see myself as like no one could say anything and i also got this other message like i wouldn't say this is necessary hate but it was just a message that i just thought was weird because someone sent me a message saying how um, this was when I did my Vice podcast and she, she, uh, they were like, oh, I listen to your podcast and don't you find it strange that you identify yourself as British
0: Nepali instead of Nepali British? Sorry, I'm just making a weird face right now. I mean, what kind of comment is uh, that? Thank you.
1: Thank you for that weird face because I, first of all, I was so angry that I thought, let me not even respond right now because if I respond right now, it's, it's not going to be nice. and mm. I, I don't want to be rude to people no matter, no matter who you are even if you ask me questions i'm just like i don't know who you are and this person and they're quite well known as well like, like and this person was like to me like um don't you feel like it's giving like more power to like people in like in london and people in the uk and i just felt as if like however i choose to identify myself that's none of, that's none of your business mm-hmm. like i i am british nepali though i'm not mm-hmm. Nepali. And the thing is, they don't know anything about me. Like, they met my suit I was born in Nepal, and then I came to this country, and then now I'm saying I'm British Nepali, which is, okay, fair enough. But I was born here. I have a British passport. And like I said, my mum was born here. My mum was born here. And we've always identified ourselves as British Nepali. Mm -hmm. And even if you live in Nepal and you've come to this country and you call yourself British Nepali, like, so Mm. what?
0: You're not undermining one or the other by doing that. Do you know what I mean?
1: yeah. Thank you. And I even said, me identifying myself as British Nepali does not make me any less Nepali. Mm-hmm. I still go to Nepal every two years. I'm making videos that are dedicated to Nepali people. Yeah. And even if I don't make videos dedicated to Nepali people, like I just feel as if I celebrate our culture enough behind the scenes, mm-hmm. whatever. And I just don't need, I feel like I don't need to explain myself. No, uh, definitely. So, um, yeah, I definitely feel like there is a pressure on social media, especially sometimes from the party community, as much as they give me so much support, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love, a lot of the hate and a lot of the, like, side-eyes I get from mm-hmm. my partners, But obviously, that's only a small, like, minority mm-hmm. of them. A lot of them support me, which I'm so thankful for. But I feel like I find pressure in that. And also, I am... Um, the direction that I want to go in now, I am going to kind of take myself away from like Nepali inspirations and Nepali creatives, because I do want to be known as a presenter who so happens to be Nepali mm. and not a Nepali presenter. Mm-hmm. I feel like right now, a lot of the things I'm going and the direction going in is kind of like, oh, she's a Nepali presenter, she's a Nepali presenter. And I don't really want to be like, I want to be a presenter because I'm good at what yeah. I do. because. Yeah. I love music because I'm getting into music presenting and I'm good at interviewing people. Like, I want to be known for that, not because I'm Nepali and I'm just doing it.
0: Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I feel like you, you know, you're a presenter because you have... The gift for it you will work hard for it and everything you do is because you know you want to be a presenter not because you're a Nepali it does not yeah I, I understand you basically so no that definitely makes sense and it really made my blood boil when I heard about you talk uh, when I heard you talk about those comments because I feel like it's really silly when you know like they say those things behind these private accounts and really I feel like when you have the platform and you're using it to do such great good, I feel like maybe it just can, comes from their side, from a place of jealousy and hate more than anything. So I feel like, you know, I I know it probably doesn't affect and You're going to keep on going and doing what you do because that's what you should be doing. So I really hope that, you know, you don't get affected by that as well. And like, I remember just starting my little podcast, this podcast, um, wanting to just kind of um do what I'm passionate about. And I remember my mum saying, um have you got people like saying positive stuff I was like yeah there's been a lot of positive stuff and she was like even if there's any negative you just keep doing what you love yeah and I was just like oh okay thanks mom <laughs> so I mean yeah it was just like you know I think like people that all there will always be one or two people that will kind of always have some hate no matter what. So, um, yeah, and I feel like what you're doing is great. And I just want to close this off by saying thank you again so much, you know, for talking about your journey and sharing your journey and talking to us about what you kind of want to delve into in the future as well. I mean, is do you have any kind of closing statements that you want to make before we close this off?
1: Um, again, I want to say thank you so much for, like, having me on your podcast. And, again, thank you to all the support that I've been getting um, from a lot of people, not only Nepali Party people, like just a lot of people that I follow. And the like last piece of like thing that I want to say is just advice for people that want to get into mm-hmm. it and want to do it. Um I just want to say like even though like being in the creative industry is, is not easy, I definitely feel like people should just do it. Even if obviously it's easier said than done, but even if your family want you to go to more of a academic kind of Field always go with your passions and your heart because honestly, you're not going to be happy in life and you're not going to do the best you want to do if you're not doing something you're passionate about. So, I definitely feel like you should go for it. And also, in the beginning, this is just something I want to add because I feel like people don't proper know this. If you do want to be a creative and you do want to go into that, in the beginning, you're going to have to do a lot of free work. So, Mm -hmm. like not earning any money and just discovering for example if you want to be a presenter discovering what type of presenter you want to be and you're going to have to do like free shows free presenting free events but honestly it will be worth it it gets experience on your portfolio so yeah those are the- last
0: ones I want to say and thank you again nice no thank you so much for you know coming on and I love the fact that you took this podcast so seriously and like you were giving me your time so I really appreciate that for sure thank you Suprina so much and I'm sure like all the listeners will be like looking at you and watching you on tv and being very inspired so thank you, thank you. thanks